What's up, Internet? Rich Malachi here for the Care Factor Pod Session Podcast, Season 1, Episode 3, with a very special guest for the show. So, <laughs> who we have here? We have Courtney, without a you, Schamberg. My saying is right? It. That's Courtney correct, right? You. So, we're going to introduce Courtney right now. Courtney, tell everybody who you are. Tell, tell the pod session, tell the podcast who you are. Who I am. Okay, so... I mean, do you want to know who I am as a person or what I do? I'm just kidding. Yeah. Um, uh, so, so. Yeah. How, how did you? Well, let's talk about this. You're, 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 you're with you're with Pentair. Yes. How how did um, how did you find your way to this industry? All right. So, well, I mean, I'll tell you a, a minute. So, I'm with Pentair, which is a, a water treatment company. Uh, we do anything from aquaponics and aquatics to large pumping systems, uh, food and beverage manufacturing, beer manufacturing down to manufacturing things for uh, residential water softening, food service equipment, you name it. So when it comes to water treatment, we touch it in all places. Um, I've been here for about five years, um, just about five years. But how I got here, so I've been in the food service industry for um, going on 17 years in some way, shape, or form. So I've done everything from working in the back of a restaurant, you know, bartending, serving in the front of the restaurant, uh, I most recently came from a privately owned manufacturing company where we, we made uh, food and beverage products. So juices, sauces, things like that. Okay. But prior to that, I worked for Nestle. And prior to that, Ecolab. So I, I, I actually Ecolab. serviced equipment myself in Ecolab days. Um, you know, plumbed, wired, serviced, service calls, you name it. You see Did that? it. Spent uh, three years of my life getting dirty and jumping on tables and... Which, which is not something you see often. No, so no. Now, this is not a woman-driven field, so not. You, don't, no. you don't see that too often. So that's, that's interesting. Yeah, yeah. So I learned how to kind of give it back to people back then because they would, uh, they would not think that I was capable when I came in to a call, especially mm-hmm. if it was a service call over the weekend where we were on, um, on a weekend call. I would go into someone else's territory, and then they would kind of be like, who are you? What are you here for? Mm-hmm. Or if I called them, they think I was customer service calling them instead of the actual person who's going to come. Yeah, I believe that. Work, so. I believe it, yeah. yeah. Um, so within Pantheon, obviously you have a busy schedule. You're traveling a lot. Um, let's talk about your travel schedule. I mean, you're, you're visiting service companies. Are you visiting reps, dealers? Who are you, who are you visiting? Where are you, where are you going? Okay, well, um, that's, a, that's a really good question. So I'm a, I'm a technical trainer. So I, am, um, I happen to be the East Coast technical trainer. Uh, I'm aligned with the East Coast. I, I live in Chicago, so it requires me, me to travel no matter what. The Bears. The Bears. <laughs> Great accent there. Um, so I have to travel to get, just to get to my territory. But I started as a regional sales manager, so I was selling like, in the Midwest. So I didn't travel as much in that. But because I'm a trainer, I have to go where the opportunities are. Right. So um, I, when the salespeople in those areas have customers that have a desire to be trained, I, I go there. Um, and the East Coast for us stretches all the way up to the East Coast of Canada, Quebec and Nova Scotia, okay. down all the way to like Florida and, and all of that. So it goes over to Ohio and down. Um, so I, I do travel a lot. Uh, the spring and fall are crazy. I'm mm-hmm. gone almost every single week, um, which is yeah. really tough. Uh, this fall, I have multiple stops per week. So like last week, I was in Houston and Minneapolis, and then, which are not in my region, I know. Um, there's other things I have to do. <laughs> but um, 
I have a week where I have to go to New Orleans to speak nice. at a conference and then nice. go turn around and go to uh, Orlando the following day. Wow. So there's and a you're lot in Jersey, of that. And you're in Jersey now. And I'm in Jersey, Jersey right now, now yeah. So. Yeah, so I mean, it just, it, it depends. Um, summer, I wasn't busy because a lot of the service, service industry works on refrigeration equipment and they're too busy. Um, yep. But as far as who I train, I'm training a lot of service agencies. Mm -hmm. So it depends, you know, like today we did knowledge-based training. So I'll come in and just kind of teach about water, some basics about filtration. Mm -hmm. Other times we teach service agents how to install our actual equipment. So mm -hmm. the more complicated the equipment, the more we need to come in and teach you how to do it. It's not all water in, water out. Um, you yeah. get into reverse osmosis and softening and there's things that you have to learn there. And you have For to learn sure. from someone in our group. Um, it's not intuitive technology to just take out of the box and put together. Um, right. So a lot of the service agencies, there's also like the dealers. So anybody selling it, you yeah. know, um, the distributors. So the distributors for stocking the Which product would, and or, selling it. We're going to talk about reps. That would be reps, the reps yeah. to do it. So. And also the manufacturing reps, and depending the, okay. on how it's sold. Yeah. yeah. And, and then, because, I mean, you, obviously Pantera Pure, um, you have products and everything. So you were actually partnering with manufacturers themselves, such as, I don't know, maybe Cleveland or mm -hmm. you know, some of the well-built brands or... Unified brands, you're actually partnering with them and yes. talking with them and training with them? Yes, so we do some with the OEMs. Like um, now, like Coke and Pepsi would be an OEM for us because they're taking our SureFlow products and actually like putting them into their equipment or requiring it to be part of their like boosting system for, for boosting pressure for mm -hmm. fountain beverage. Um, we also work with a lot of other manufacturers where they may be using our filtration when they sell that piece of equipment. They may say, hey, you buy this equipment, you use this, this Pentair filter. Mm -hmm. um, but they may also be uh, putting our stuff inside of their equipment. So not just like Coke and Pepsi, but they may be making coffee brewers or um, uh, they may be the ones who are actually making the Coke and Pepsi equipment. And they're putting mm -hmm. some certain types of pieces and parts inside that we okay. manufacture. So we do a little bit of that. Pressure regulators, pressure reducers, okay. things like that. Interesting. So... Um, so, you know, part of our audience is going to be the end user. So if, we're, if, if you were talking to like the kitchen managers or restaurant owners now, what are some of the things that they could, um, maybe we could just tell them about uh, the key elements that are going to be found in water that are, that are the components or the, that, that are actually hurting their equipment? Right. Um, what's, what's deadly to their equipment and what they can do? Right. So the biggest issue, you know, we, we, we drink water, right? And we're like, oh, this is pure and it's great and it's clear and it tastes wonderful. My water's great. Or I've got great water because I turn on the faucet and it tastes all right. It's not bad water. Well, when you, when you change the temperature of that water, whether you're making it colder to make ice or you're heating it to create steam, you're changing the properties of that water and that water is going to affect your equipment based on what you're doing with it, right? Mm -hmm. So... The water that's delivered to your building is what we have. We all have to work with. That's it. Yeah. Right. So the government may say that that water delivered to your building is safe to drink, but it doesn't mean that when it's heated to 260 degrees that it's not going to eat away at your combi oven. So the way we categorize things in this industry for from water treatment is we're really we're, we're not we're not doing rocket science. We're we're trying to prevent issues with your equipment. So we want equipment protection. We yeah. want your equipment to get through its full warranty life cycle without falling apart. At, le at least through right. its warranty, right? Right, um, agreed. And hopefully protect the life even longer, really maintained properly. Sure. And then 
uh, product quality. We want to deliver a good quality product, whether it's Coke and Pepsi or um, uh, coffee, tea, drinking water, ice. We want that stuff to look good, taste good, smell good. Yeah, I mean, if if you, it affects the taste greatly if, yeah. you're not, if you're not doing this stuff. Yeah, I mean, everybody knows Starbucks, right? You know you can walk into Starbucks here in Jersey and it's going to taste the same as if you walk out, walk to Starbucks in, in Timbuktu mm. in the middle, on the other side of the world, you yeah. know? Like, that definitely makes a difference. And that's because Starbucks has taken an interest in their brand and their, the taste of their coffee is their brand. For sure. You know, McDonald's, their Coke, people know it to say, they know that McDonald's has good Coke, a good Diet Coke. Yeah. That's because they manage, manage their water treatment. So that's the product quality side. The other side is like the coin, like I said, is if you heat water um, to 260 degrees, that water might taste good and it might not make you sick if you drink it, but doesn't necessarily mean that that water doesn't have minerals in it that are going to eat away at that stainless. Yeah. So, or it's going to cause scale and it's going to, you know, be, become an issue down the line. Yeah. Um, and, and, and to that, to that effect about with the taste and everything, um, water quality tests. I know as a service company, we're doing more of those. Even manufacturers are starting to require them before we do installations. Yes. So what, what actually, do you know, I'm actually, I would like to know what goes into a water quality test. Okay. When you, when yeah. we send it back to you guys. Well, one of the, first of all, one of the reasons that the manufacturers are requiring it, so they have specifications and, you know, a big change in these last five, I mean, you could say 10 years, but definitely five years, mm -hmm. um, the manufacturers, they've, they've had to pay out warranty costs for a long time. You know, they used to, they used to recommend a piece of filtration equipment with their, with their equipment. So you, you buy my piece of equipment. If you buy this filter, I'll give you an extended warranty. Mm -hmm. Well, that filter might work on water quality here in New Jersey, but it might not work in Southern Texas. So right. they, they started to realize, well, down in Southern Texas, I'm having to pay out a lot of, a lot of my warranty costs. And that's, that's really not cost effective as a manufacturer over time. Right. So they started to really work with water treatment companies and say, okay, well, how does water affect my equipment? How does it affect my product? How does it affect the, the metals themselves, the mm -hmm. components inside, the probes and sensors, the heating elements, whatever. And w what they've come up with from there is a water specification. So different manufacturers have different requirements. Some mm -hmm. of them might be um, a little bit more lenient. Some might be very difficult specs to meet. Mm -hmm. um, but ultimately, there's a spec. And they're starting to say, look, you know what? If you want to be in warranty, you got to hit this spec. I don't care how you get there, just do it, or it might not cover the cost. Yeah. Because they want to say, hey, I want to make sure you're going to hit this water quality before you buy my stuff, because yeah. I don't want you to blame my brand when Exa it falls apart. That's exactly it. Yeah, I mean, because like, you know, and I overheard you speaking before, you know, talking about it. You're not, you're not just, you're going to look at the equipment. Right. You're not going to, not thinking water. Right. So you're thinking equipment, you're thinking whoever sold it to you, and then maybe the service company that's there. We're all going to be to blame. When in fact, it's the it's, water. It's the water. We, it's the water. We've seen it's the water. We've seen a lot of situations where um, there were there were customers that spent thousands of dollars sending their stainless out to metallurgists to prove that no, we aren't using a lesser grade stainless steel because yeah. that's that's what people think about. They're like, oh, especially if they see corrosion and rust. They're like, oh, well, you must be using some cheap stainless out of out of China. Well, yeah. they might have maybe three or four stainless, might not be 316, but ultimately it, that's a water issue when you see corrosion. That's not a, yeah. that's not a metal issue. 
Um, it's not an integrity. All that scale buildup and that the scale. lime and right. That's all water. Yeah. So scale corrosion, slime and ice machines, things like that. That's all water related. Um, but with with water testing, all that really is required is you you buy a kit um, or you get a kit from your service agent or or your dealer. Yeah. They can be provided by us. And um, it's just a water bottle with a, a form. You put your water sample in the bottle, fill out the form. It goes out. In, in the case of the, the tests that we do at, at Pentair, is they go out to a third party. Um, and it's not like in-house. We're not doing it. And then when we get the form back, we can analyze it with you. Yeah. So we're not just looking at... Um, we're not just looking at hardness. I mean, people are familiar with hardness. So mm -hmm. I my water is 10 grains hard. We're looking at a lot more than that. We're looking at all those dissolved minerals in the water, um, calcium, magnesium, iron, yeah. sodium, potassium, bicarbonates, carbonates, chlorides, nitrates, sulfates, you name it. We huh? look at it. Oh. <laughs> so really what it looks like, what it, what it looks like to us is like we look at all of that and depending on the application, so so depending on if you were making coffee, is that a coffee brewer, is that espresso, is that steam, is that ice, depending on what that piece of equipment is, which we call an application, Yes. Um, depending on that is what we're looking at in that water. So if someone says, you know, my combi oven's rusting, um, it's only six months old, and I look at that water treatment report and see that, um, or the water quality report and see that the chlorides are high, Chlorides are dissolved salts. Mm -hmm. Chlorides are your primary corroding molecule, okay. ion in this case. Um, if those chlorides are really high, then I know that that's our culprit. That's what's going on. And I can show the customer that. I can say, look, this, this specific dissolved mineral is causing your problem. And it helps them understand the full picture. Yeah, and could you, could you maybe recommend maybe then at that point... Because I, I, I would, I'm assuming, and from from my experience doing things, not all filtration systems are created equal. Like you would have specific for coffee, specific for ice, specific, specific right. for steam, and so you could kind of look at what's in the water maybe and direct them, and like this is the, what you should be putting in yes. as your filtration. Yes. So we want to meet the manufacturer spec A because that's your warranty, right? And when you're delivering water within that warranty. Nine times out of ten, you're delivering good water quality at that point. Like if we're making coffee, as long as we're in there, that spec, that's what we want to get. Mm -hmm. um, if you own a coffee shop, we really do want to try to deliver you the water quality that meets the specialty coffee association spec um, as well. Okay. So depending on what we're trying to do, we're going to deliver the water through that system that you need to get in warranty or get your good quality product. Yeah. Um, you may be recommended a more expensive solution like a reverse osmosis or right. something but ultimately we're not going to we're not going to recommend reverse osmosis if you don't actually need reverse osmosis yeah i mean it's overkill right i mean right. you want to just give give exactly what really is needed exactly yeah and the, the flow rates and the, the capacities needed for that equipment we're not going to oversize it just because yeah i mean yeah sure can we all make a fifty thousand gallon capacity filter sure but are you going to put that on a coffee brewer no no because no. it's going to get all gross before yeah you would go through it anyway so yeah, yeah. for sure right sizing is key yeah because it's at the end of the day it's all about increasing the life expectancy you know you want to get you know you're investing so much in this equipment that you know i see horror stories as a service company um i don't people it's, it's hard I, I, it, that's one of the reasons that I, I really i'm happy to do this because i want to let people know about the importance of the water quality don't make don't put it to the back burner no put it once you get your equipment it should go on 
And that's the primary ingredient in everything we're talking about. I mean, if it comes down to coffee, coffee's 98% water, you know? Um, fountain equipment can be anywhere from 85 to even more percent water. Yeah. Ice is 100% water. It's steam. How are you cooking the food in there? Yeah. Obviously, there's electric or there's gas, but your ingredient, other than the food you put in, is water. Yeah, I mean, I tell all my customers when we're doing plant maintenance things, um, you know, what's, what's really important, what's really important? I always, my first thing I always tell them, aside from refrigeration, anything that's what you have water running through. Dishwashers, ice, steam, yeah. coffee, that's going to be your most vulnerable equipment. Very. You know, burners and stuff like, you know, on range and stuff, you know, we can only do so much. Right. But the water, you could actually, yeah. you know... Even um, like banquet steam tables. I mean, a lot of people don't think about the water they're putting in the steam rots. table. Yeah. yeah, it'll eat away in those in those troughs, you know. And oh yeah, we're changing we're changing steam tables out and wells and things all kettles. the time. Kettles. Kettles. You think about the water that I mean. What do you make in a kettle? Soup, chili things. You're putting water in there. You want good quality water that's not going to taste like chlorine or not going to give you you know screw up your sauce, your pizza sauce. Mm -hmm. You know, like I that's mean, the other thing. Yeah, you want you want it, you want to make that taste. You know, we want the customer to come back. I mean, who wants to, you know, have that nasty water running through thing affecting your food? I yeah, mean, yeah, exactly. Yeah. I mean, I, I this tidbit of information. But when I was growing up, um, my dad uh, we had really nasty water. Where I grew up, so my parents put in um, like a bottled water for our drinking water. But my dad would still cook like hungry jack mashed potatoes with <laughs> tap water. Or he'd cook pasta with tap water, and I could taste it. Yeah. And he thought I was nuts, absolutely <laughs> nuts. And you know, find out later in life that I actually can taste more than your average person. But um, <laughs> yeah, well, it's a good thing I'm in the water world. But yeah, sixth sense. <laughs> exactly. Um, well, it's good for coffee tasting. That's good yeah. for all that world. But um, yeah, I, I could taste it, and it it affects it you think it's not there yeah. you think it cooks off but it does stick around yeah. i mean you've got things like chlorine in your water um chloramine in some part of the world which is uh chlorine and ammonia bonded together and th those are municipal disinfectants those are added by the okay. city and and like i said we can only treat the water as it comes into the building so we at least want to take out that disinfectant that makes a bad taste yeah and then on top of that you don't want to get anybody sick no. Oh, God. You know, you know because I, I, I know from just personal, it doesn't matter what place I go to. Like, I, I will never eat the ice anymore out of my cups. I just don't do it because I just, I, I've seen too many things. Too many icebergers. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, there's stuff. I mean, stop, stop chewing ice, oh. people. I don't know. I, I, you know, but you can, you can get somebody sick. Yeah. Oh, yeah, you definitely can. So, yeah. So, anyway, uh, talking about uh, icebergers, but on, with that, uh, Horror stories. You, you've horror had to see horror stories somewhere. Oh, yeah. I mean, we've all seen a nasty dish machine, right? Oh, yeah. Um, well, I mean, when it comes to improperly treated water for equipment, I mean, really, the, the stuff that's so susceptible to it is your, your hot equipment. Mm -hmm. The hotter it heats water, the more susceptible it is. So steam combi ovens, proofers, things like that, those are really, really sensitive. Mm -hmm. um, you're heating water way beyond boiling point at that point. So down in Texas, um, we've seen combi ovens rot out, literally just rust to the point of things falling apart and crumbling in three to four months. Yeah. So wow. you spend, you know, you spend, what, what, what kind of money do you spend on that stuff? Anywhere from- It could be up to 40,000, 40,000, 40, I mean, on, that's I mean, like, 
That's like taking a BMW and dumping acid on it. Yeah. That's that's, that's exactly what you're right. doing in this situation. No one's gonna no one's gonna just leave their BMW out in acid rain for three months. And that's what you're doing in a combi oven. So um, it's really important to protect that investment and to to pay attention to the fact that, yeah, okay, you just spent all this money on this. What's what's a twelve hundred dollar RO system when you've paid forty thousand? Exactly. It's going to protect it. I mean, listen, I talk to people all the time. Like we go to the doctors for checkups. We go to take our cars to get serviced. You just invested massive amounts of money in this equipment. And like you said, you're going to just pour acid all over it or yeah. leave it out in the rain. Like, yeah. it's just, it's just, it, it mind boggles me sometimes, the, the thought process. Because I think a lot, of, a lot of times I think people, unfortunately, are being sold a dollar in a dream with the equipment. Yes, yes, And they yes. think, oh, it's, it, just, it does self-cleaning. It does this. Mm-hmm. You still you got to take care of it. You got to well, you got to have your proper solutions running through it. You got to have proper filtration running through, it. and you got to do it weekly. Well, and in the water treatment world can be the same. I mean, you've got water treatment companies that'll promise you up the wazoo for this. This one thing does everything. I can tell you there is no one thing that exists in water treatment that does everything. Yeah. Just bottom line. I mean, even in food service, if you want one thing that does everything, you're going to be paying for reverse osmosis hands down everywhere. But again, you don't need reverse osmosis everywhere. Let's put it where you need it mm-hmm. and not where you don't. So we as a company don't sit there and say, well, we're going to make this one thing. There's no silver bullet um, yeah. to kill all the, you know, what are, what are the silver bullets kill? kill? I mean, it's always Halloween, Werewolves? Right? Werewolves. I almost said wolverines. Werewolves? <laughs> I almost said wolverines. <laughs> wolverines, <laughs> right? the same. I guess it could kill wolverines too. But. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so there's no one silver bullet. It's just... Um, there are companies that they come out with some technology and they say this does it all. Well, that's not true. This is nature. Water is nature, people. All right, nature. it's not true. We just got to take care of things as they as they arise for the, each piece of equipment and put exactly what's needed where it's needed mm-hmm. and and not overkill anything. Right. Exactly. So I'm going to change gears. So um, simple question: What do you love most about the industry? About the industry, the people. I mean, let's get real. That's I mean, what that's food that's service what I people say as a too. whole. Yeah, food service people. There's a lot of good people. There are a lot of good. There's people. a lot of good people, Angel. Yeah. yeah, there are. I mean, it's an interesting world. If you've ever worked in a restaurant, there's things that people get away with in restaurants they'd never get away with in a corporate office. But that environment is that casual yeah. environment. It's a, it's an enjoyable environment. Good group of people. Um, Yes, I work for a corporation, but still, when I get out in the field, it's like, you know, we get good relationships. I mean, I... Yeah, I mean, we've, got, I, we've built a relationship, I think, yeah, the last yeah. years. I mean, there's, it's, there's, it's, um, been, it's cool. There's groups that exist yeah. that you can become part of and get to know people, and um, just, obviously, the traveling and seeing the same faces a lot is great. Uh, yeah. But, I mean, as far as my, my industry, I love water. I mean, I drink it, right? But, hey. No, I mean, I love water. Life. The water industry, yeah. the coffee industry, to me, it's so interesting. Like, um, I guess the little chemistry nerd in me gets, yeah. gets triggered and each it's, time, it's, it's but I really cool, enjoy it. cool to get to teach people because, you know, it's interesting. I think it's interesting to anybody just to learn a little bit about what's going on with water. I mean, yeah. it's so, it's, it's, it's everywhere. I mean. And it's in our, I mean, there's a lot in, in, in the news these days. There's lead issues. Yeah. Flint, Michigan, you oh, know yeah. what happened there. Oh, yeah. and this is real stuff. We do take it for granted in this in this country because we can we can turn on our tap and be safe. I just I just watched something on Yeah. I, yeah we, we will I but I just I'm talking about like the taking it for granted. I just saw something in Australia. Mm-hmm. Um, something's going on like not in Sydney area, but I think like somewhere 
further south or something where, where this woman was, can't feed her cattle, they can't, mm -hmm. there's just a massive drought. And yeah. these, these things, these cattle are dying, people are, it's just, it's, and we, we, you know, we have, it's plentiful. Mm -hmm. So that we do, I feel like there is, we do take a lot of that for granted. We take it for granted. I mean, the Safe Drinking Water Act is only guaranteeing that we don't die from our water. I mean, if you, any government people watch this, they might say I'm being a little bit too harsh there. Um, okay. They might get us on that one. But uh, really, ultimately, that's what it's there for. It's there to keep us safe. And that doesn't exist in other countries. I mean, I went, just went to, well, I got sick in Cuba last year. Me and my friends all got sick. Um, that was not a fun process, yeah. you know? Gotta have a stool sample when you get back to see what's wrong. Nobody oh. wants to do that. <laughs> um, but when I was out in Bali uh, this year, uh, this summer, and you can't drink the water there either. And then they're like, okay, well you can shower in it, just don't open your mouth and guzzle a bunch of water. I mean, yeah. and that's a bacterial thing, right? So in the US, the stuff that causes immediate disease, cholera, dysentery, typhoid, all those things that people used to die from a long time ago, we don't die from anymore here, no. which is great. It's wonderful. Um, but those are all bacteria-driven type things. And you go to somewhere like Bali where they don't treat their water with disinfectant, you know, they have a lot more of those those things in their this water. Making e. coli me nervous. and bacteria and stuff. Yeah. This is making me nervous for Tokyo, man. Yeah. Don't drink the water when you travel in I'm, general. Your tummy's no. not used to it, even if it is safe. I'm not drinking. I won't drink it. Drink bottled water. I'll just drink vodka and beer. Vodka and beer. That'll do it. And Gatorade. <laughs> vodka without ice. <laughs> but uh, what was the yeah. other part of the question? Well, you wanted, you wanted to talk about Flint. touch on Flint. What, what's, what's, what do we okay. want to talk on Flint? So Flint, again, government people probably maybe get on to us on this one. But, That's um, right. I got you back. So Flint, Michigan, it was a case of switching water supply from the lake to the Flint River. So they went from you know, pulling from the Great Lakes and buying from Detroit and said, oh, we'll save money, we'll have to purchase the water from Detroit. Switch to the Flint River. Um, the difference there is the, the water quality was different. It wasn't necessarily better or worse from the river to the lake, but it was different. So the, the river was more acidic. Um, so what happened over time, if they didn't, the city didn't put in buffering agents to buffer the mm -hmm. acidity of the water, what happened was uh, the Flint River water started to eat away at the, the scale in the pipes. So there was scale buildup over time, sediment, layers of silt and things over the years. Yeah. Well, that more acidic water starts to eat away at that. And then after it eats away at that, it eats away at the pipes. And anywhere that there was galvanized pipe in the distribution system, whether like lines to people's homes or... Um, I, I don't think it was the actual distribution system of the city. I think it was more like to certain businesses or certain homes in the older areas, that's galvanized. And when you eat away at galvanized pipe, you're leaching heavy metals, leads, and all kinds of other okay. things too. Um, lead was really the big one. So what was scary about Flint is um, the lead levels were multiple, multiple times the EPA limits for, for safety. Yeah. Uh, so even if in those situations, if you were to put on a lead filter, whether it's ours or someone else's, a actual lead filter only removes, I think it's like 90% of lead. So it reduces by 90%. So if you're already way, way, way too high outside of the legal limits, you're still not reducing it through a filter down low enough to be safe. Hmm. But it was like pockets of, of the city. Some places were good. Some were way out. Some were Okay. Um, and that's just because of whatever their distribution system was to that area or that home or that business. Yeah. So, 
Um, wow. Switching back to the switching back to water supply is is one thing, but um, they now have to replace all these distribution lines, and that's what's costly. Uh, but really, it was more of a water chemistry issue that caused the problem to begin with. And hmm. I won't say anything about the legalities of that either. Since we don't want to do don't, that. We don't want to do that. We don't want any beef. No. No beef, Angel. All right? Otherwise, we'll have to cook it. <laughs> All right. So, yeah. So, um, another switch back to the, back to the industry and, and, and the travel and everything. Um, what what are you seeing as far as technicians um, demographic wise? You know, with yeah. the, all the talk of the down, the down and the decline of the skilled trades and the, mm-hmm. and the youth, and um, you know, we were here today doing some training here for us at Maliki, and uh, you know, I have two young guys, eighteen year old kids. Uh, what what are you seeing across the country as far as demographics? Is it changing? I mean, I'm sure you've talked about this in other episodes, but the demographic is slowly changing. I think there's hope. Um, I think that's the shift of just the awareness in our country, it, you know, in general. Like, when I was growing up, um, everybody goes to college. That was the mentality. Yeah. Let's do everything we can to everybody go to college. Yeah. Well, we've, we've seen that that doesn't, doesn't help our economy. That doesn't, you know, we have holes in industries now because we haven't pushed trades. So um, I think we're still in that place where we have that <coughs> lack of people. But I think maybe the society overall is starting to take notice. I mean... Yeah. You, you found your guys because the school started yeah. to say that, hey, let's have something for these people who might not go to college. Yeah. So there's a shift back to that, and I think that that's really good. Um, I think the industry is yet to see that turnover. It's yet to really have that happen. Yeah. Um, I know that there's some guys across the country with companies that have had some success recruiting, but I think that's just going to take time. I think the industry yeah. has to change overall. But... Um, Definitely still very middle-aged, white, male-dominated. I mean, just in general, the food service industry, as far as equipment yeah. things go to. Yeah, But from a service sure. service perspective, very much. For I mean, sure. I go to train a class, and there's definitely people who are like, what's she going to teach me? You mm-hmm. know? So, <laughs> yeah. slowly changing. Maybe. Yeah, I mean, even for our, for our own company here, you know, small business, you know, the bulk of our guys, I would say, are probably 40 and up. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You're the guys that are, you know, 55. Yeah. And they might retire soon and you don't have anyone to take They may, maybe 10 years left, five years, depending on, you know, because this stuff, you know, it, it, it's rewarding, it's lucrative, but it, it, it could be unforgiving to knees and backs and stuff like that over time. But, mm-hmm. um, yeah, I mean, that's, that's one of the things that I'm really, really working on here as far as getting the youth involved. And so hopefully, and, and I know there's other companies that are doing it, so hopefully we'll see the upswing. Yeah, definitely. Um, what would you tell the next generation of these young technicians coming in? Oh, man, that, it, it can be a career. I mean, I think, I think people fail to look at it as a career, more of a job. And I think, again, it's a societal thing. We don't look at trades. All the I kids mean, are you looking look at, at this. Yeah, you look at trades like a plumber or an electrician as a career. It's not but cool. you don't look at a it's service cool. tech as yeah. a career, right? But the opportunities are profound. There's so many opportunities here, and guys make really good money, and you can provide really well for your family. Oh my God! Um, Without you know. a doubt, I, I I tell people this all the time. You know, over the next several years, maybe five te- te- five years, five to ten years, you know, this is going to be like one of those six figure jobs where you're gonna you're gonna be able to demand it because it's, it's just needed. Service yeah. companies like ours are busier than ever, and we need technicians are the lifeblood of what we do. Yeah, and it's a much more technical field these days. I mean. 
obviously you said kids are on their phone. Like you, you've got $70,000 coffee ovens with a phone basically like programming. There's, there's all of these other things. It's not just wiring and plumbing anymore. It's, it's a, it's a computer, you know, it's, it's making fried chicken with a burst of steam. You're not frying it. It's the, te- the technology is, is, is coming. It's coming. It's, it's been slow rolling, I think, in our industry, but it's starting to catch up. Mm-hmm. And I think the next five years is going to be all Wi-Fi, da- you know, data-driven equipment right. that the owner of this equipment might not necessarily have to even be on site. He'll be getting alerts saying, you know, oven's running too hot or different things that are happening. You'll be able to... Yep. You have programmable recipes now. Yeah. Like, it's just insane what they can do. Yeah. So, um, all right, let's do, let's do two-minute warning. Two minute warning, ladies and gentlemen. Favorite, favorite fast food? Uh, White Castle. Yeah, White Castle. Everybody likes sliders, White Castle. <laughs> I love I love White Castle at like three a.m. Oh, Jersey yeah. City, right off the boulevard. You want to want to go? We'll go later. Um, what's your favorite color? Yellow. Yellow. That's an interesting color. It is. I don't wear it much. I I enjoy your yellow shirt. It looks good. <laughs> I have yellow in my <laughs> pants. <laughs> um, favorite actor, actress. Oh gosh, that's a tough one. I oh man, I don't know. I know, I don't know. I'm gonna pull out an old school one. He hasn't been anything. Anthony Hopkins. Ooh, he's yeah. a good actor, man. Yeah. Silence he's of the Lambs. A, yeah. Guy's a genius. Clarice. Yeah. Um, we. I know you just went to Bali. Would that would that be your best trip? Yeah, yeah. Best trip ever. Definitely for the furthest I've gone, longest I've been away. Best trip ever. How long was that flight? Ah. Well, you have a good direct. It was like fourteen to Qatar, Qatar, how you yeah, say it. Yeah, And then it was another eight from there. That was to Singapore. We did Singapore, and then it was two oh, and a half man. to Bali. But I did Singapore for a couple of days. Singapore is pretty cool too. That's nice. Yeah, um, but beautiful was, place. Nice yeah. people. I was gonna ask a bucket list trip too. Is there what's what's the next one? Is there another big one? Greenland, not Iceland. Greenland. Hmm. Yeah, I, like I want to do the whole trekking thing. Greenland, I like yeah, it. Yeah, see some, see some icebergs. And then we're just gonna, we're just gonna put this in here. If you don't like it, we can cut it out. All right, we'll cut it out if you want. Let's talk quick on relationships. Okay. Yeah. All right. They suck, right? Yeah. This is just <laughs> some bullshit going on down here in the tri-state area, and I'm gonna call some dude out right now, but I won't. Let's First just, and last name. Let's, let's, <laughs> let's just call him the dude for now. Um, yeah, so what's, what's going on in relationship world for Courtney? Oh, man. So I'm, I'm single. Single and available, guys. Uh, somebody's screwing up right now as we speak. Yep. Literally. See on YouTube, phone. dude. Yeah, see on YouTube. Um, way to screw up. <laughs> you blew it, man. You blew it. <sighs> yeah, it's, I mean, it's unfortunate. Guys it's are tough. screwing up left and right. It's tough in the streets these days, it being is. single. I'm with it you. Is. It's tough. Yeah. So It's hard out here for gangster or whatever. How do I hear for a, what's, the, what's that is. song? Why do you think guys are screwing up? Why are they screwing up? Oh, gosh, you guys. Commitment phobes? There's a lot of commitment phobes out there. I don't know, do you guys always like waiting around for something better? Or are you just like... Yeah. Yeah? You think there's something always better? Always looking for the next best thing, I think. I is don't it know. the Instagram generation? You're all like, ooh, it, that chick's hot. I like her fake lips. And it, yeah, that's true. Yeah. That's true. <laughs> Look at a chick that looks like this, that, even though I look like a slug. This is IG world. I don't know what's going on, man. <laughs> yeah. I, yeah, I don't know. The sun, it's just, it's, it's a it's strange. 
Yeah, I, I don't, I hate, I hate, I hate Tinder. Yeah. I don't do any of that stuff. I, I used to. I, I just, I don't get into it anymore. The dating apps are rough. I mean, I think as a, as a 30-something female, without talking about age, I think what's hard, like, being a single woman is, like, I'm not, I've never been the type that's like, oh, I can't wait to get married and have babies. But, like, I think there are so many women that are, that it's like, I get categorized instantaneously. Yeah. So, in... I think men, if they're not necessarily ready for something or not ready to commit and have babies and all that kind of stuff, it's really they're they're really quick to associate me with that group of people. And unfortunately, those women do exist, and it makes it hard. Yeah. So you get a really you, you either get them to like running away or um, or they have the next best thing or whatever it is. But I, I feel I've been categorized. Yeah. Before I've had a chance to. That 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 could definitely be very true. I mean. Yeah. That's the, yeah the way that, the way guys think sometimes. I mean, um, especially when you're first meeting somebody, man, it's like, you know, I feel like after after you have a certain few conversations, you could kind of gauge like if some, sometimes you, even desperation comes mm-hmm. off on a, on a girl. Like I'm, you could tell what they sometimes you could really yeah, tell. Yeah, oh my, it. yeah, my biological clock is ticking. My eggs are dying. Yeah, like, like you could me. sense yeah. a desperation. Like I could you could you could see it on here from from, from people too. Oh yeah. Like, I'm like, what is this girl well, they, putting you know, their life out here? Like, like, you're always having to be in a state of mind of, like, how am I coming across? Because it's like the texting agency, or t- texting age, it's like, what did I do wrong? What did I say wrong? You know, like, yeah. if I'm just trying to be funny or whatever, is that is is that acknowledged? Is that picked up on? And, and that is very difficult. Because, again, as a female who isn't desperate, or at least I hope I'm not, like am i coming across that way to this person i don't know you know or are they yeah. automatically assuming that even if that's not the case so it's difficult yeah it's tough in the streets it's not easy but Mm-mm. we'll figure it out one day at a time man. we'll figure it out one day at a time. we'll figure it out so listen we're gonna close out the podcast right now this is the care factor season one episode three courtney with no you Sharonberg. she is here we talked about everything ladies and gentlemen We're going to take this one down. I will see you on the next one. Stay blessed.